Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 18, Healing from Dysfunctional Families and Toxic People. It's December 28th, 2020. I'm your host, Lisa Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. And what I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when times are very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskowitz. Healing from Dysfunctional Families and Toxic People. This is a big topic and we're going to dive in because it's so important. Families are supposed to be about love and caring and compassion and all kinds of wonderful warm things. The research shows in the United States that between 70 and 96 percent of people growing up in America are growing up in a dysfunctional family. The research also shows that 45% of Americans have been exposed growing up to some form of alcoholism or alcoholic behavior. If you've grown up in a dysfunctional family, well, at 70 to 96%, that's almost everyone, that can lead to very serious problems like low self-esteem, depression, anxiety, anger, rage, addictions, loneliness, feeling overwhelmed, obesity, eating problems, having a harsh inner critic, and low emotional intelligence, just to name a few. What's predictable, if you grew up in a dysfunctional family or you're around toxic people, is that you might not feel well loved. And while that's tragic, you're not stuck with that. What's predictable, if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, is you learned disempowering attitudes and beliefs, that you didn't learn assertiveness, that you didn't learn how to use your emotions as a superpower, and that you didn't learn how to deal with dysfunctional or toxic people. So the bottom line is, I want you to be well-loved. Absolutely. Number one goal, I want you to be well-loved which is the title of my first podcast. You can go back and listen to that because I think it's amazing. And you didn't get to choose your family. And you're very likely dealing with wounds and pain and suffering from growing up in a dysfunctional family. But that doesn't have to define your future. You can still have an amazing, brilliant, wonderful, just over-the-top, fantastic future if you're willing to do the work. So here's what I'm going to be covering in this podcast. I'm going to talk briefly about what causes a family to be dysfunctional, signs of a dysfunctional family. I'm going to talk about the adverse childhood experiences, which is a a test or scoring of more recent time that's very important, in my opinion, that you understand. The impacts of a dysfunctional family, the benefits to healing, and then I'm going to give you quite a few steps to get on the road to healing 
some takeaways and a call to action. And this is where I make my shameless plug to visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com to enter my Year of Freedom giveaway where you can end, uh, win cool prizes through July 2021. Why not? Who doesn't like free stuff? I will be adding copies of my new book to the giveaway prizes once my shipment comes in. Next, I want to make sure that we're all clear, and this is my disclaimer, that I am not a medical health professional in any way or a therapist in any way, and nothing that I'm sharing with you on this podcast or any of my other podcasts or materials constitutes medical or therapy advice. You need to get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed professional. Next, if you're feeling suicidal, if you're thinking about killing yourself or harming yourself, I'm making a personal plea from me to you to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. I'm asking you, I'm begging you to get help and be supported. People will help you. I'm telling you it's time and you might not feel like it, but that, that's my, my request and I'm begging you to do that. So now we're going to talk about what causes a family to be dysfunctional. And I have 10, although there's probably more than 10, but 10 of the top ones. So number one, a mental health issue in one parent or both parents. Addictions, codependency, lack of emotional abilities, lack of personal awareness and healthy functioning abilities, lack of boundaries, low functioning of parents. Now there's a, a scale that's for that measures the level of functioning a person has in, in life. And so if one or both parents are low functioning, Um, That's an issue. Repeating cycles from the past, poverty or financial problems, and low self-esteem in one or more parent. So those are some of the causes that lead a family to be dysfunctional. But here's the thing. We're going to talk next about signs of a dysfunctional family because there are plenty of people walking around thinking that their family's normal because it's all they know and it's what they grew up in. But just because your family is what you grew up in doesn't mean it's normal and it doesn't mean it's not dysfunctional and it doesn't mean that you can't do better with your life and the the lives of people who are surrounded by you. So I want you to listen to this list. This is a list of signs of a dysfunctional family. I want you to listen to the list from the standpoint, hmm, Did any of these things go on in your family when you were growing up? Because I think you'll be surprised. Now, this is a list I put together looking at um, a series of different pieces of research about dysfunctional families because I really wanted to have a comprehensive list. Now, there's different degrees of a dysfunctional family. I'm not talking about degrees of dysfunction In this particular section of this podcast, I'm just giving you kind of signs or symptoms or red flags of a dysfunctional family. So here we go. Abuse of any kind, physical, emotional, sexual, or other. Domestic abuse or domestic violence. Neglect. Neglect, by the way, is described as inactive harm, meaning not meeting the needs of a child. 
addictions, secrets, lies, denial of problems, lack of emotional abilities, meaning we don't deal with feelings, we don't talk about our problems, or we don't trust outsiders, lack of boundaries, mixed messages, which can include criticism, ridicule, or, conf or conflict, lack of love, lack of compassion, and lack of closeness, rigid perfectionism, denial of spiritual focus, exploitation of children, that is defined, by the way, as having to cheer a parent up, having to protect a parent, or having to take on parental responsibilities at a young age. Children who are forced to take sides between parents. Then I have false reality, pretending something bad was actually good. And that does happen. Overly intrusive or overly involved or protective parents having a distant or uninvolved parent or parents, playing favorites, rejecting a child, name-calling, gaslighting, rudeness or contempt, frequent lying, manipulation, lack of communication, parental selfishness, lack of empathy, lack of trust, use of shame or guilt, gossip, <clears throat> jealousy, smear campaigns, scapegoating, blaming, and double-bind situations. Now, I just did a podcast um, recently on psychological terms I think everyone should know. So some of the terms I just read off, you can find out more about either on the web or in my podcast, and I really do mean, I think the, the terms I covered in the psychology concepts everyone should know in that podcast, I do think everyone should know. And some of them like gaslighting, <clears throat> gaslighting, scapegoating, double bind situations. That's a long list of things. And there are many parents in society that play favorites. That's extremely common. And it's extremely damaging to young people who end up being wounded and grow up as wounded adults. And I have a section of videos on my YouTube channels, channel that deals with dysfunctional families or bad families and some of the things that parents do that are really, they're really problematic. They're just big no-nos, but they happen all the time and sometimes people don't think there's anything wrong with what they're doing. I mean, I have talked to more than one parent who was viciously playing favorites with their children and they didn't think there was anything wrong with it. So... We live in a society where 70 to 96% of the population has grown up in a dysfunctional family. And of recent, in the last, I'm not sure, decade or so, they've come up with what's called the Adverse Childhood Experience, which is abbreviated ACE, A-C-E. And, and the Adverse Childhood Experiences is a list of questions, and it's basically a test where you get a score. So adverse childhood experiences, are, or ACEs is what they're called, are potentially traumatic events that occur in childhood from the ages 0 to age 17. Also included are aspects of the child's environment that can undermine their sense of safety, stability, and bonding. 
ACEs are linked to chronic health problems, mental illness, and substance misuse in adulthood and can negatively impact education and job opportunities. So I'm going to give you the three kind of overall areas where the ACE, where they look at ACE, you know, events. So one is abuse. That could be physical abuse, emotional abuse, or sexual abuse. And I'm sure some of you listen to this podcast are going, oh yeah, well, we didn't really have any of that, but you might not be skilled enough with emotions to understand that you might have experienced emotional abuse without understanding it because you're growing up, you don't know anything about emotions. So you have to learn about emotions. So physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual, sexual abuse. Next is neglect. Now that's physical neglect or emotional neglect. The third category for adverse childhood experiences is what's called household dysfunction. And what's included in household dysfunction is divorce, mental illness, the mother treated violently, substance abuse, or a relative being incarcerated. So if we want to just kind of flush out this a little bit more, because they are so important. This is really, really important. And although I will say, having looked at the ACE test and scoring, um, I'm sure in the next decade or two, they'll flush it out even more because it's it's kind of limited. It's helpful. It's very helpful, but it is limited in really what it's looking at at this point in time. So ACEs are very common. About 61% of adults surveyed across 25, state, 25 states reported they had experienced at least one type of ACE, and nearly one in six reported they had experienced four or more ACEs. Now you should just know an A score of three or more is considered high. So preventing adverse childhood experiences could potentially reduce a large number of health conditions. For example, up to 1.9 million cases of heart disease and 21 million cases of depression could be potentially avoided by preventing adverse childhood experiences. Some children are at greater risk than others. Some women and several ethnic or racial minority groups are at greater risk for having experienced four or more ACEs. And the ACEs are very costly. They're very costly to society and in terms of dollars and in terms of, you know, all kinds of things. So it's, I think it's important for you to understand this whole idea of childhood adverse childhood experiences. It is it is relatively new, meaning like I did talk to some people who have therapy backgrounds that it wasn't covered when they were in school. So, but I, you can go online, by the way, and, and take a test. And again, I am saying that the testing is somewhat limiting because they're only looking at abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. And some of the household dysfunctions like mental illness or divorce can be you know, wildly damaging to young people. So we're going to move into the impacts, the negative impacts of a dysfunctional family. Now this list, I want to say, I compiled by looking at a number of different pieces of research on the subject. And these are possible problems that someone who grew up in a dysfunctional family 
could end up with or might end up with. It's not an absolute. And one of the resources I used, because I believe in giving credit where credit is due, is a man by the name of Eric Bolin, and he has, it's uh, Eric, E-R-I-K, Bolin, B-O-H-L-I-N, and he has a great handout on the subject, although I didn't use his handout, but he has some great material. So here are some impacts that you might or could end up with if you grew up in a dysfunctional family. So number one, lying. Next, a harsh inner critic. And some people don't know what I mean by harsh inner critic, and I do cover that in my podcast on self-care and self-compassion. But that's where you're really, really hard on yourself and very negative towards yourself. Having a serious temperament or having difficulty having fun, being overly sensitive, having difficulty with intimate relationships, being someone who overreacts, overreacts to changes they can't control, someone who constantly seeks approval or affirmation from others, someone who feels different from others. In other words, you might feel like people don't understand you. Being either very responsible or very irresponsible or both. Being very loyal even when it's not warranted. Strong independence. I, in other words, I can take care of myself. Having control issues. Having trouble receiving praise or compliments. Black and white thinking. Poor self-image. Poor self-worth. Compulsive need to be right. Denial, depression. Now, I will say depression can, can come from either repressed, suppressed, or unrecognized anger that's turned inwards. Sleeping problems, eating disorders, overeating, fear of, be, fear of being authentic, repeating the cycle in, adult, in your adult life with, with spouses and or children, personality disorders, anger issues, self-destructive behaviors, or self-harm, being prone to addictions like alcohol, smoking, or drugs, mental health issues like anxiety, suicidal thoughts, or paranoia, and loss of childlike innocence. That's a long list. That's actually 29 possible impacts of a dysfunctional family or, or toxic people. And this is something that's very common in society. So what are the benefits to healing? And I'm telling you, you can heal from anything. You can grow and develop and heal from anything that's happened. I promise you. So here are the top benefits, maybe not all of them, but the top major benefits. Improved immune system. So for this list, by the way, I want you to listen to, I know toxic families like, well, they're just so common and we should be talking about this all the time, but we're not. We all like hide from it and pretend like it didn't happen. Oh, come on. All right. So here's some benefits. Improved immune system, increased happiness, increased sense of peace and contentment, less aches and pains, better sleep, more connected with people. By the way, that means less loneliness and isolation. I just did a podcast about that. Feel more control of your life, less you'll be less annoyed by other people, improved self-esteem, improved mental health, increased satisfaction with life, improved productivity, increased energy and vitality. You will have more love available to you. 
It will lengthen your lifespan. You will feel better. It can help lower your health care costs. It will build resilience. You will have increased motivation. You will have more friends and social connections. You will be better able to deal with stress. You will have richer and more meaningful conversations. You will take better care of yourself. You will be more functional in life. You will have more fun in life. You will have healthier relationships with people in your life. You will feel more optimistic. You will have more self-control and mastery. You will have a clear mind and thinking. You will have greater wisdom. And you will have more curiosity about life. Now, who wouldn't want that? I mean, come on. Like, you don't want to be healthier. You don't want to be happier. You don't want to have more satisfaction. You don't want to have more love in your life. I mean, come on. All the benefits are amazing. But we don't walk around saying, oh, you know, my parents did this or my parents did that or my siblings did this. And and sometimes it's not so much the parents as the siblings, but guess what? Parents are supposed to monitor and manage the family dynamics. So if you were bullied by your siblings or your siblings weren't nice to you, which is so, so common, that's not okay because the parents are supposed to manage that. So it's, in my opinion, extremely helpful to start acknowledging what has happened so you can heal and have like this amazing life. So I'm going to cover now steps to healing and dealing with uh, dysfunctional family and toxic people. So number one, you're going to become awake and aware. Own it and claim it, even though it's painful. Because you've been living this life, let's say you're very young or you're middle-aged or you're old, you know, you've been living this life with this pain, but it hasn't been acknowledged. It hasn't been named. And we live in a world given by language. So it's extremely helpful to give language to something that you're dealing with. It's, it's quite freeing. So now you're going to give, because the truth is it's always been painful. If you grew up in a dysfunctional family, whether it's small, medium, or highly dysfunctional, it's painful. And sometimes it's not because of what happens to you. It's because of what you're observing happening to other family members. So it's always been painful. Now you can own it and claim it and give language to it, which is helpful. Now, I'm a huge fan of using emotional pain to your advantage, which is the subject of my fifth podcast by the same name, using emotional pain to your advantage. Because pain is pain and pain is painful. Why not get some benefits out of it? Why not get some good stuff out of pain? I don't know. It just makes sense to me. So the second thing is own the emotional pain that you've experienced as a result of either toxic people or a dysfunctional family. Just own it. Although I do suggest you use it to your advantage. So you might want to listen to that podcast because I'm just a fan of like getting the, all the good stuff I can out of anything that's bad. All right. The third thing I'm recommending here on your journey to healing and your steps to deal with a dysfunctional or toxic, dysfunctional or toxic family or people is to commit to your healing. When you commit to something, things will shift. That's just a basic principle in life. So you're going to stand and you're going to commit to yourself that you are going to heal, that you are going to like have an amazing life out of the healing and you're going to have to do the work. So commit to your own healing. 
Next, you want to get under the umbrella that's called growth and development. I talk about it all the time because everything that I do falls under this umbrella, my blog post, my YouTube channel, the podcast, <clears throat> because growth and development is an access. It's an access to love. It's an access to healing. It's an access to happiness. It's an access to self-awareness. It's an access to all the good stuff. So you want to get on the road for growth and development. And there's just hours and hours and hours and hours of free podcasts and YouTube videos. I mean, there's 120 YouTube videos and the pages on my blog post fill a 400 and whatever, 62 page book. So there's plenty of free information. So you want to start on the road for growth and development and under the umbrella of growth and development, which I have as my fifth step is for you to learn to use your emotions as a superpower. Now listen, I am crystal clear. Emotions are a superpower. It's just that we don't know how to use them where they're actually a superpower. So you have to learn emotional skills, which falls under emotional intelligence. And at my second podcast, by the way, is, you know, emotions as, as a superpower, which I would highly recommend because their emotions are amazing. Like you want to have full facility with your emotions. Now where we're terrible, we're terrible with anger and sadness and the negative emotions. But for this process of healing, what I want you to be particularly paying attention to is any anger. Because it's very reasonable for you to be angry if you grew up in a dysfunctional family to whatever level. And what I want you to know about anger, and I do have an upcoming podcast about the healing nature of anger because anger can be very healing. It's when you don't know that you have anger or you don't know you have anger issues or you might know but you don't know what to do with them. Anger can be stealth. Anger can be kind of like below the surface, not identified. And when anger isn't dealt with, it's either uh, anger typically either goes outward towards other people in passive aggressive behaviors or anger will go inwards towards yourself, which can be cause anxiety or depression or self-harm or other things. So anger in in and of itself is not an unhealthy emotion. People do unhealthy things because they don't have skills, but anger is one of the things you want to be kind of have a heightened awareness to if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, which by the way, if you are one of the 70 to 96% of Americans who grew up in a dysfunctional family, it is extremely likely that your family in adulthood is going to continue to be dysfunctional because they don't typically get healed. You know, you can go get healed you can do the work and you can have this rich, amazing life and then just kind of roll your eyes at whoever in your family for their dysfunctional behavior. But under the umbrella of growth and development, and you're going to grow your emotions as a superpower, you really want to pay attention and look for any anger and then deal with it. The next thing I'm suggesting on this road to healing from a dysfunctional family or toxic people is to set up a reward system. I am such a fan of a reward system. And in fact, my one I did one podcast, number 14, getting getting motivated during hard times. 
I, listen, I am like the queen of hard times. I just know everything there is about life being really hard, and that's part of pandemic. So you need every trick in the book. And a reward system is phenomenal. I'm not only a fan, I use them. I, the people I coach use them. They're just amazing. So get a reward system because you're going to get to work on healing yourself because you want to have love. You want to be well loved. You want to have this rich, amazing life. So reward system or look at that podcast, Getting Motivated During Hard Times. A reward system is going to help you stay on track. Next, while you're healing from a dysfunctional family or toxic people, I would suggest ever so strongly as a requirement that you build your skills in self-care and self-compassion. Now, I have a whole podcast about self-care and self-compassion because they're important. I would say they're, I would argue they're more than important. They are critical to having a happy healthy life where you're well loved because you need to take care of yourself. So I've said quite a bit about self-care and self-compassion in that podcast number four. The next thing that is really going to help you on the road to healing from any wounds or low self-esteem or depression, anxiety, or whatever impact you had from either toxic people or dysfunctional family is to learn assertiveness skills. I'm sorry that they don't teach that in elementary school. I think it should be required. And I'm talking about the classic assertiveness training, not some new mumbo jumbo that they're parading around as, you know, some kind of training. I'm talking about basic assertiveness. I have a whole podcast. Podcast number 11 is is about assertiveness. It's extremely powerful. If you have the ability to listen to that podcast, I would highly recommend it. That is going to help you grow your self-confidence, grow your self-esteem, help you learn, you know, boundaries. It's a, it's a phenomenal tool. I'm so blessed to have had that in my life starting in high school. So assertiveness skills are going to help you heal, and they are definitely going to help you grow skills and abilities that will help you in dealing with a dysfunctional family or toxic people. The next thing <clears throat> that I recommend is that you be a person of character and integrity. This is important because sometimes when people have grown up in dysfunctional families or they're surrounded by or have to deal with a toxic person, you know, their character or their integrity will take a dive or a dip. But one of the things you want to do when you're healing is you want to feel good. You want to feel better and better and better. And there's nothing that's going to, well, there's plenty of things that are going to help you because I'm covering this massive list. But the more you keep your promises and keep your, your good name in check, the better you're going to feel because you won't be wondering and judging and assessing, oh, I said I'd do that, but I didn't do it. You want to you want to feel as good as you can, and being a person of character and integrity is really going to help you, and it's going to help you um, with the next thing, which is to make really good friends. Listen, many people do not feel well loved, and part of the reason they don't feel well loved is because of dysfunctional families or toxic people, and friends, really good friends. Now I am talking about friends who will have character and integrity like I just mentioned you want to be a person of character and integrity but you want the people in your life 
to have character and integrity as well. And friends can help love you. Friends can help heal you. Friends can help you have fun. You, know, you want to have friends. Now, this is an area that many people either don't have any friends or they don't have enough friends or they don't have enough good friends or they don't have enough good friends that are geographically in their area. So I have a whole podcast about making friends. I have a whole section of videos about making friends and friendship because it's hard. Listen, if making friends was the easiest thing in the world, everybody would have enough friends and enough good friends and enough good friends that lived around them. But it's not easy to make good friends. So it's a skill set. And I'm suggesting ever so strongly <laughs> that if you are going to do the work and you're on this journey to heal from a dysfunctional family, because what dysfunctional families or toxic people cause is they cause wounds. They cause damage and sometimes significant damage from the list that I went over earlier. So you want to make really good friends. That's podcast number 10 or, or check out my YouTube channel because this is like friends are amazing and they can really support you in being well loved. The next thing that I recommend is really about rewiring your brain. So my suggestion is that you use affirmations or some other technique to rewire your brain because if you grew up in a toxic family or with, you know, a dysfunctional family or toxic people, you have probably some very negative messages in your subconscious or unconscious mind. And I do talk about the subconscious and unconscious, unconscious mind in the psychology podcast, the psychology terms everyone should know. So affirmations, and I have a whole little video about that, can help you heal by giving your subconscious and unconscious mind new messages to overwrite some bad stuff. I'm giving this kind of like as a condensed version. So in your subconscious mind, that's where the bad stuff, unconscious, subconscious mind, like, you know, you're a loser, you're never going to be any good and whatever else, whatever else. But you, and you, so you could go to therapy or you could go through a long process to unpack what's in your subconscious or unconscious mind. And it's not that I don't recommend that. Actually, I don't, I don't recommend that. I'm all about faster, easier, better. So using affirmations or some other, you know, tapping or an emotional freedom technique, there's other techniques that are faster, quicker, better that you don't have to unpack, you know, years of trauma. So affirmations are a simple statement like, I'm good enough or my life works out or whatnot. You can look at my video on affirmations, but definitely you want to use affirmations to help rewire and write over what the negative stuff that you don't know is in your brain. So the next thing I suggest is learning the skills on generating your own happiness, which is covered in podcast number seven. We really look at life like Happiness is this elusive thing that someday or maybe or whenever you're going to become happy. And happiness is actually a choice and a skill. And you can learn to flip the switch on your emotions. And you can learn to be happy even when life is excruciatingly difficult. 
I'm here to tell you because that's the story of my life. And I'm happy because I know how to be happy people. I love it when people are happy, but I know how to manage and deal with my emotions. So I'm happy, not all the time. I mean, like part of my whole reason I titled my blog and my book is love.life. And the podcast actually, and the YouTube channel is because you have to love to love life and really be happy. You have to love all of it. And I don't mean love being sad or love being angry, but you have to be able to appreciate it. And learning how to be happy and to generate happiness will help you while you're healing. Because the happier you are, and the more you learn that skill set, the easier life is. And I'm all about easy people. Okay, the next suggestion is to set goals and get to work on them. Because let me tell you, you want to start feeling better and you want to have a life that's amazing. And so setting goals is part of that because the minute you set a goal that you're really committed to and then you take action, you're going to start to feel better. You're going to start to feel accomplished. You're going to start to see that you're making progress. And the other thing is it's always helpful to be up to something. I'm a big fan of having a life plan or a bucket list or setting goals because they're helpful. They can not only distract you from painful bad things, but they can really forward your life. So definitely set some goals. Now I've already covered a whole list of steps that hopefully you're going to take on as some of your goals. Number one, be well loved. I don't know why people wouldn't want to be well loved. Of course, everybody wants to be well loved. We just don't all feel well loved. So you can get there. The next suggestion is forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is a gift for you. Forgiveness has nothing whatsoever to do with the other people or the other person or whoever wronged you or whoever was in your dysfunctional family or toxic people. No, forgiveness is for you. You are the beneficiary. Now, someone might say, oh, I need you to forgive me, blah, 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 whatever. No, I just really want you to understand forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Because if you're not forgiving your dysfunctional family or the toxic people or whatever, then you're carrying around anger and resentment and all this negative baggage. Now, we want you to be freed up and powerful. And so forgiveness is absolutely necessary. Now, Depending upon what happened in your dysfunctional family, it might be quite an ordeal for you to get to the level of growth and development that you can forgive others. But I'm telling you, you can get there. And I'm telling you, it's very important, no matter what they did, that you work on healing till you get to the point where you can forgive them. So, you know, I'm not saying, by the way, forgive them and then, you know, get have this major close relationship there are some people who are so dysfunctional or so toxic that it's really prudent that you limit contact or have reduced contact for your own mental health and well-being and I'm and I'm definitely not saying oh you should forgive them and let them continue to mistreat you or maltreat you no I'm not saying that at all that's the opposite of what I'm saying but forgiveness is part of healing and it's for you not for the other people the other thing that I would suggest if you are grew up in a dysfunctional or 
family or you have toxic people is to learn the skills to have difficult conversations because it's probably the thing that needs to be had and the thing that needs to be done in your life. Now, we don't have in society this kind of here's the mock-up, here's the drill for having difficult conversations because we just don't do that. We don't even teach everyone assertiveness. So I do have uh, two YouTube videos about kind of some steps to go through for having difficult conversations. And trust me, if you're dealing with anyone who's toxic or dysfunctional family members, what have you, the higher skills you get for yourself, in terms of communication skills, in terms of dealing with your emotions, and in particular, in having difficult conversations, you are never going to regret that. In fact, you are going to be very happy you have those skills. So getting the skill set about having difficult conversations will help you immensely. I already mentioned consider distancing yourself. Well, that's not a strategy that will work for everyone. It's not a strategy everyone should employ. Employ. It is a strategy some people should employ, and it's just worth you understanding that if the maltreatment or the abuse or the emotional, you know, trauma, you know, continues, then it might behoove you to consider distancing yourself. The next thing, and I just really want you to have this. I want you to have this as your number one goal for the rest of your life, especially if you're healing from a dysfunctional family or toxic people, is to be well loved. There is just nothing more I could want for everyone in the world but to be well loved. That's why it's my first podcast. I have a YouTube video as well, but Really, because the, the thing about growing up in a dysfunctional family or dealing with toxic people is, you know, sometimes they withhold love and affection as a means to control. Or sometimes they're just really poor at showing love and affection and, and the good stuff. So you grow up thinking, hmm, nobody loves me. Well, I want you all to be well-loved. I'm, I'm so blessed that I have been well-loved in my life. It's just not always by the people who you would think should have loved me. So it's tragic and heartbreaking that we have the suicide rate that we have, but it's because young people do not feel well-loved. It's because of so many things that originate in the family of origin with dysfunction and toxicity. So I want you to be well-loved. If nothing else happens in your life, I think that would be the most remarkable thing, and I hope you're going to put that on your goal list, your bucket list, your life plan. And the next thing is, you know, healing is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, I, I talked about taming my inner critic in the podcast on self-care and self-compassion, and, you know, it took me quite a while. I had a pretty nice inner critic, and my kids were extremely helpful, by the way in helping me identify that and, and go along the way. So given the predominance of dysfunctional families, 70 to 96%, you, know, you could grab a buddy or a partner or somebody and say, hey, let's, let's do some fun healing work. And let's go be well-loved and let's not like, like make life fun. 
I'm a big fan of fun. I'm a big fan of love. I'm a big fan of all the good stuff. I'm not a fan of the bad stuff, although I'm a, you know, kind of an expert in it. But anyway, so those are some of the steps to get on the journey for healing because it's possible. So here's my takeaways. So we've already covered that 70 to 96% of Americans grew up in a dysfunctional family of some level, which means it's pervasive. It means it's the norm. It means that almost everyone, every, almost everyone grew up in some level of dysfunctional family or toxicity. So the other takeaway is that dysfunctional families and toxic people can cause very deep wounds, very deep problems, and, and have a huge negative impact on health and wellness. Well, we see that in America. Like, it's, it's pretty unusual that somebody at my age is not on any medications, has no aches and pains. What the norm is, is like over 70% of Americans are on some medication. I mean, we are living in times that are proof positive, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. So takeaway number three is you can grow and heal beyond the damage, beyond, beyond any wounds, and you can be well-loved and happy and healthy. You don't have to be stuck with the negative stuff. You just don't have to be stuck with it. And the bottom line is you can break the cycle. And you breaking the cycle starts with you growing new skills, growing new, you know, developing new habits and attitudes and beliefs and, and healing. That's how you break the cycle. Because if you don't break the cycle, the cycle just perpetuates itself. So those are the takeaways. And here's my call to action. It's time to get back into the game of life and heal because life is amazing and has so much to offer you. It's time to grab a friend or create a team or you know, make up a group and, and go for the healing together. Like, why not have fun with it? And my last call to action is that we have, almost everybody grew up in a dysfunctional family, so why not share this podcast and help someone else recognize it's not your fault if you grew up in a dysfunctional family and it's time for healing and love and all the good stuff. So that's it. Thanks so much. Love you. Bye. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 18, Healing from Dysfunctional Families and Toxic People. I hope you're going to get on the road to healing, to being well-loved, happy and healthy, and I hope you're going to let me know what I can do to support you on that journey. Please feel free to visit my website to sign up for the giveaway and win some cool prizes and connect with me on social media. I love you. I want you to be happy, well-loved and healthy. And thank you again. Take care for now. Bye.